welcome to episode four of the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Like always, I'm joined by Matthew. How are you going today, Matthew? I'm good, Scott. How are you? Yeah, I'm going great. I've got some great news for you, actually. Yeah? We've added a new segment. Oh, cool. Well, not just for you, for everyone else, hopefully for our listeners and the people listening along. Of course, I already knew about that, but yeah. (laughs) It's it's absolutely fantastic news. The reason I say it's fantastic is because I messaged you about it earlier in the week, and you said yes. Okay. So that's what makes it so good. I came up with the name, sorry. Yeah, just before we get fully on into the segment, um, the new segment, just wanted to say a quick uh, apologies for being a day late today or a day or two late. We try to get these out Wednesday or Thursday, unfortunately due to different time constraints in your life and mm, my life, yeah. different uh, things that we had to be at. We've been doing it on the Friday, so hopefully you guys still enjoy it. But yes, on with the new segment. The new segment, I've, I've called it What's Happening in Belmore. So for the people listening first up, Basically, we run through news in the past week, what's happening in the Bulldogs. This is not rumours. This is things what has actually happened. So I'm just going to kick start it off with Steve Price, the new general manager of football at the Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah great appointment, I think. Um, a real Bulldog. That's probably the best way to describe Steve Price. He's a Bulldog. So mm. having him in charge of our football department. Um, the proof will be in the pudding, of course. We'll see how he goes over the next uh, two years or so. Uh, and we'll judge him off that, but at this stage, it looks like a really good appointment. Um, so for those who don't know, Steve Price does have a ma- he did do a bit master's degree in business. Yep. While he was playing for the New Zealand Warriors, he went on to uh do some business and work. Uh, don't know exactly in ho- some very high roles. So therefore, he does come with some sort of business experience. It's not fresh. It's not. He's a football player who does not have any qualifications, but also Dean Pay has welcomed him on board said he can't wait to work with Steve Price, and Steve Price has already said it's Dean Pay's team. I just want, I can't wait to get closer and look at the way he coaches, yeah. and he's very supportive of Dean Pay early on. Um, he said he's not the coach as well, to make it very clear. Yeah. He's not coaching the Bulldogs. He's uh, He'll be involved in a lot of like recruitment talk. Oh, yeah, recruitment talk. Whenever Dean Pay may be stuck, he might be able to come up with a pop suggestion with the, for the coaching staff as well, yeah. possibly. Um, He'll be head of well. culture. Yeah. He's driving the culture behind the Bulldogs as well. Uh, Obviously, he won a premiership in the 90s for us, so that's great. And then he uh, famously missed the 2004 grand final through injury. There the whole year, just the week before the grand final. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, sorry, before the grand final suffered injury. Um, I like the good news to roll on with. I classify that as my good news. I want to continue with another good news story. I know you like this place. We like to eat it when we're at Belmore Sports Crown. M&J Chickens, signed for a further three years, yeah. starting next year, for a further three years, their sponsorship expires this year, they've already signed, jumped the gun early, they've come in early, signed for three years, as the shirt's sponsor, they will go to 2023, yeah. which means they joined us in 2003, which marks 20 years, great supporters of the club, and before I get your word on it, I'll give you a little fun fact about M&J Chickens, ever since they've signed, they've either continued the same level, or increased their sponsorship they've never backtracked yeah. once and you can see 2003 there's been some plenty of up and down times we could don't want to go into detail about but people when you look at 2003 what happened the next year before the grand final and then you look at what happened pr- this last year with mad monday they've continued loyal how good is that mj chickens yeah it's great to have loyal sponsors like that um they really become part of the family in more ways than one so um Good chicken too, M&J chickens. Yeah. They had the food truck at Belmore a couple of years ago. It was fantastic, the chicken tenders there. Well, they had tenders and chips and 
Pepsi. Out of this year. Brilliant. Out of this year, too. Yeah, I didn't pick it up this year, but uh, it was brilliant. So if you haven't tried M&J, give them a crack. Great to see them uh, lifting up their sponsorship. But if M&J chickens are out there and they want to uh, lift that sponsorship a little bit more, and our old Bulldogs fan <laughs> podcast, always looking for some Bulldogs sponsors. Well, thank you for some free chicken strips or chicken burgers and chips. Yeah, we come cheap. I will take that <laughs> once a week or once a fortnight. Uh, we'll, we'll take a $2 voucher, really. Yeah, voucher place, yeah. There's plenty of M&J chicken stores around. You've got to try it. Great food, great people, great sponsors, great supporters of the Bulldogs. And we're yep. glad they've used us to grow their brand and a great local Australian business. Now we're going to head to some not-so-good news. I want to start with Adam Elliott. Sustained an injury in the win over the Penrith Panthers. We weren't... How good was that? How good was that win? Great game of footy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say how good Adam Elliott's injured. That's not nice. No, no. I don't know if he did it in the team song. He was there in the team <laughs> song. Um, finger injury. Looks like two weeks... Maybe maybe a third. Uh, is it a big loss or is it... Uh, it's not a massive loss. I think Elliot uh, was playing better last year than this year. We've spoken about that before. Mm-hmm. He's had a bit of an up and down year. Um, as like a whole of team look at it, probably not the biggest loss, but uh, it does suck for Adam to, mm-hmm. to miss a couple of weeks there. So close to the end of the season. Uh, and Christian Crichton, any chance of him playing NRL this year? Has came to an end. Yeah. So stuff, suffering a symptomosis injury. He went to yeah. surgery. In a Canterbury Cup win over the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, win. Only lasted about seven minutes in that game. Yeah. Didn't even get a run, which is unlike him. He usually gets a very early carry. Unfortunately, might be wrong. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure they said it was against his tackle against his brother. <laughs> Maybe someone can correct me with that one. Yeah. But I thought that's a bit of a... Not a nice brotherly love or brotherly war going a bit far. That can potentially be a blow for the Bulldogs. He's played well this year when he's played in a row football. Um, but there's still Jaden Ockenball on the reserve list. So Christian's hopeful that he'll be back week two of the finals, week three, if the Bulldogs progress in the Canterbury Cup at that level. Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine that we would. We've had a pretty good season at the Canterbury Cup. Actually, the Canterbury Cup... Uh... I think it's going to be a decent final series. So if you don't normally watch Canterbury Cup, get involved. There's a couple of really strong teams vying it out this season. Mm, yeah, and uh, John Olive has already replaced Christian Crichton in the wing spot. So mm. we know he's an NRL player. He's played NRL. He's an NRL yeah. con- contract. He's been in and out of the Canterbury Cup side. Not good for Paul John, but we know he's a quality. He's big quality. He's good at that level. Uh, Christian Crichton hurts a little bit with uh, depth on the wing, but um, hopefully he can be back in the finals and give it a real shake up and show who he's made of because he's with us still next year yeah cool mm. so that, that's the end of our what's, what's happening, happening at Belmore the first one hopefully you enjoyed that one basically yeah. Bulldogs lose yes now it's time for our last week review last week the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs defeated the Penrith Pair for 16 points to 8 our first home game at Bankwest Stadium impressive game it was a quality game um it was a good game to watch, and it felt like uh, the boys really deserved the win on the back of their defence. It's been a few games this year, unfortunately. Uh, even the ones that we've won, it feels like it was a pretty crap game, to be honest, that we've just come away with a win. But this win was quite impressive. It's a good, good game to watch. Scotty? Oh, it was fantastic. To, it was fantastic to be there, fantastic to watch it. Uh, you've had a sense the whole game that the it was kind of like never let your brother down. It felt like a, a brother... Brotherhood almost like that. When one makes a mistake, always look like look after each other when it came to defending your line. I've got a real um I think it's a really starting to more consistently lately been defending better. And um I think we're slowly but gotta 
get there consistently. More worried about next year, but that was fantastic defensive performance. So that was, oh, it was, it was particularly when Aiden Tolbert got sent to the sin bin for a professional foul. The way the boys pulled together for that eight and a half minutes till half time, not let Penrith in. That was probably the turning point. That was what won us the game. Oh yes, um, funny enough, we did have a few Panthers supporters around where I was sitting. Uh, who thought they could have been a penalty try. Yeah. I don't agree with I don't could, could say it's a blue and white eye. Hopper was there enough to cause doubt on a try. Yeah. Hopper was there. However, what I'm going to say is I think if Aiden Tolman doesn't play his part, I actually think Panther strolled in for a try. So by that, it shouldn't have been a penalty try then? No, as in I'm saying is that Hopper creates enough doubt. Yeah. I just think that with... He would have scored. He would have scored. Just I, I've still got doubt in my mind. So yeah. while ruling that as a, if I look at myself as a bunker official, yeah. I would say no try because Hopper creates enough doubt. I just had the feeling that if Tolman didn't get, yeah, didn't get involved, that the Panthers would have strolled in for a try. Then they've went for the uh, two points, which I thought was a fascinating decision, yeah. and they wasted like two and a half minutes on Tolman's sin bin. It's great. Yeah, for us. <laughs> no, just, just, we're not looking at what, where Panthers went wrong, but yeah. I don't know. I would have went for the quick tap, started rolling, started playing some football, getting the Bulldogs tired, yeah. knowing that they're 12. But they just wasted about two minutes or so before the Bulldogs even kicked back off. Yeah, it was so a bit Tom's of a... sin bin. That's a negative play, I think. Panthers were a bit weird like that, weren't they? Their attack was a little bit off on the night, uh, taking nothing away from our terrific defence. Um, but it was just one of those nights for Penrith. Mm. Scotty, you were, you just said you were there at Bank West. I was actually up at Lake Macquarie. I was watching it off the uh, off my iPhone, watching uh, KO Sports, <laughs> watching the game. Uh, you were at Bank West. How was the experience there, the Bulldogs' first game at the brand-new Western Sydney Stadium? Perfect. Yep. I can cannot fault the venue. One yep. of my favourite things of the venue, and I was speaking to this off air when I was, actually went to a game earlier this year at Bank West, is when you need to go to the bathroom or go to the, get food or whatever. Um, you need to leave your seat. You leave your seat. Yeah, we'll go leave your seat. Yeah. You can go down. The gaps are wide enough so you can actually see the actual whole field. The gaps are so what? When you go up the stairs. So when you go to sit or when you go to your seat. So there's either downstairs or upstairs. So where you walk out into yeah. the stadium. Yeah, into the stadium. Yeah, so okay. ANZ, you've got that little tunnel. So like a tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it makes you feel like a player running out into ANZ. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is so wide yeah. that at the worst case scenario, you can see about 80% of the field. So therefore... From anywhere in the stadium, you can anywhere, see 80% of the field. Maybe not the corporates. Have to double check that. I don't get that ticket. But <laughs> Bankwest, I'm giving you a, a Emma J Chickens, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Bankwest, I'm giving you a massive wrap. Yeah. Bulldogs are playing the next year. If you want to give me a corporate ticket, <laughs> just get onto the Twitter. Um, fantastic venue. It was one of those. If you're one of those people who even get fidgety, they need to move off the seat, gets a bit nervy. You can still go and watch the venue. I uh, still watch the field. Still yeah. see what's going on. There's also TVs there. So even if you're in one of those spots where you can only see about eighty percent of the field which I think is enough if you're going to the whatever you're going out of your seat for, you can still see you've either got TVs and most of the actual yeah. things. Down the thing. So it's fantastic. So even if you did have to leave the seat when it gets a little... Um, not just that, the view from any seat. I'll say I was sitting in the general emission zone yeah. on the Bulldogs supporters side, so known as Bully Zone. Perfect. I could see the whole field from, from general emission. From general emission. It's crazy. I could see the whole field and... Um, I How was the opposite side of the field? Because at A and Z, if you sit in general admission high enough, you can see probably where we sit, it's probably about 90% of the field. The only part you can't really see is probably the opposite corner. far corner. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can see that from back yeah, west. Yeah, so wow. what we did, 
So there you go. If you're after a cheap ride to the football, mm. you want good seats at a general admission price, Bankwest Stadium. Bankwest Stadium. But one of the things, I'm not a, usually a fan of ANZ team sitting behind the, directly behind the goalpost. Yeah. However, at Bankwest, we actually sat behind the goalpost. Yep. You weren't there. <laughs> As, <laughs> but I just say, we sat behind the goalpost, not yep. the angle. Blue zone, we sat in the middle. We probably sat five, six rows up. Yeah. On the top of tier. Top of tier, tier. yeah, top yep. tier. Yeah. We thought that would be the best seats. I've been there for a West Tigers game, like I might have mentioned the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I actually jumped around from general admission. Yeah. I went in different spots. I sat in row one. I could see the opposite side of the field. Row one. Yeah, there you go. Back row, the bottom, up, side, side. I decided, I think at Ben Quest, I do prefer behind the goalpost because you can still see the whole thing. Um, atmosphere. There was a crowd announced over 10,000 people, which slightly disappointing, but understandable giving uh, the season. how the season's gone and also how the season's gone. And also it's the first game at Bank West while ANZ is still around. So Yeah, so but what um, was funny, we were looking at the crowd before the game started, before the light show started. I'll get into the light show in just one minute. Yeah. We were looking like, oh, the crowd hasn't really come to this game. And then when the crowd of attendance got announced in the second half, like it normally does, we actually looked and went, sorry, 10,000? Wasn't yeah. it 15? Wasn't it 20? It actually felt like was there was 20,000. Yeah, how loud yeah. it was. Then we actually looked around again and went, oh, yeah, 10,000 people. So You can even pick that up through the TV. So how the games that uh, I've seen on TV and KO and all that sort of stuff, you can actually pick up the atmosphere through your screens a lot easier, just the way that stadium has obviously been built. But uh, there's been a few games this season where there's been about 10,000, 12,000 people there. And you can see that most of the stadium's empty, but the noise, the atmosphere you feel even coming from the screen mm. is incredible compared to 10,000 at Panther Stadium or, or Brookvale or whatever. Yeah, so it's a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah. So now we know when there's a, a smaller size crowd. Hopefully we get some more people out there next season and yeah. hopefully it's a bit more successful next season. Let's get into our high performance, Scotty. High performance. Uh, we've... It's very hard to limit it down because it was such a good performance, such good defensively. I'm actually going to highlight Lachlan Lewis, not in the fact that he... No, I'm not going to look at stats. I'm just going to say, my goodness, his defence yeah. was fantastic. Come from behind, smashing people. You could hear the contact a few times. Uh, defensively, he was rock solid. Yeah. You almost play him in the back row and he doesn't look out of place. Good. I was actually thinking that during the game. I was sitting there watching my phone going... Would he make a back rower in a few years? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Seeing that or, uh, a similar player, Drew Hutchinson, halfback for uh, City Roosters, is playing in the second row for North City Bears. Yes, yeah, I actually saw that. Though. He's been he's having an effect like Wade Graham. Mm. So if Lewis, maybe he's a bit small for that, but who knows? He puts a little bit extra uh, kilos on in the off season. Might be a, a skillful five. Uh, sorry, lock or second row. Second row. Um, I've gone. The milestone man, he always either gets to play with a match or a, a tap on the shoulder for saying good work. I'm going to highlight his sin bin as a good thing. Save to try. Yeah, so he saved a try. He, he played 57 minutes. Unfortunately, 67 wasn't there tonight. Um, again, Probably saved the interchange too. Yeah, he did, 18, <laughs> he did 18 runs for 156 metres, 56 post contact metres, two tackle breaks... And 43 tackles. Aidan Tolman having a good night. Mr. Like Consistent. Always. Um, I'd have to highlight Dylan Napa as well. I thought Dylan yeah. Napa played well. I mean, he got a bit loose in defence when he tried to... He smacked your own little eyes. I had almost. <laughs> but uh, him 
He ran, he ran for over 147 metres in 50 minutes of game. And, uh, he might have got a few more minutes because of Tom and being Sinbin. He might have just possibly. Yeah. Um, I'll go for two more people. I'm going to go Will Hopawati. I yeah. have... He's really stepped it up last month before, hasn't he, yeah, Will? I really had ragged him this year. But he's over 177 run metres and 20 runs. He's running what, out... Like, that's centre. That's a centre, yeah. Centre, that's, that's crazy. So he's no, like, massive returns of the football or anything like that included in that. That's, mm. that's all with a full defensive line in front of him. That's pretty incredible, really. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's one of the so-called smaller guys. Yep. Last person I'll highlight is the fullback, Dallin Matanian Slesniak. He gets a mention every week, Dallin. Yeah. I think he's a podcast favourite. Oh, he's a podcast favourite. <laughs> 17 runs, 152 metres. Not just that, sitting at Ben Westing behind him when he's running out of some of the dangerous spots or like running back, there's a pit wall of four people and he's running back like... I don't know. I couldn't do it. I just sorry. It just fun. reminds me a bit like Carmichael Hunt. There's no yeah. fear. He just returns the ball and thinks he's a front roller mm. and just runs straight into a brick wall. And just fun. And you just hear it. And then we made the noise con- sometimes when he ran back on. Oh, we play the ball and we play on. But um, I've got a player of the match. I might highlight yeah. this Nick Mini. Congratulations, Nick, scoring your first try in blue and white. Blue and white yeah. Very good Superman impression. Well, down before, the we, before we go to player of the match, let's have a go for the scorers. So, Nick Mealy a try, like he just said. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to start Remus, with. Us. Remus Smith also Remus got Smith the try. Remus the try, yeah. Yep. The fourth minute, Nick Mealy in the 47th. And a perfect, uh, really good uh, try by Jack Cogger. Uh, Mealy wasn't having a good day at the boot. But Holland kicked one from three in conversions. And one from two in penalty. Oh, sorry. One from... He kicked the one goal. Sorry, Holland. Two was missed by Mealy. Yeah. And then also a missed penalty goal by Mealy where Holland kicked the other penalty goal. So we missed a few goals. It could have been up to around 20-point mark. Yeah. Wouldn't matter to feel a bit, little bit comfortable. More, a little comfortable, bit more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, with the Panthers, the young Brent Naden scored a try. Nathan Cleary made no mistakes for kicking one from one. And he also got the penalty goal when Tom was Sinbin. Watch out, Brent Naden. Big call here. Brent Naden is the true next GI. Mm. There you go. That's big call. It is. You watch him go. A lot of people like to compare Latrell Mitchell to GI and all that sort of thing, but Brett Layden keeps going the way he's going. He's the the next true GI. That's massive call. <laughs> uh, we'll jump off. The Hopefully, next we week. can sign him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, Brent, my player of the match. One second, Brent. Yep. If you're listening, Bulldogs offer your contract. Come along, and then you can be a, one of our first podcast guests if you like. Yeah, if you want to sign. Uh, we, we we've also got a couple of players that you might know. Dallin would tell he's a lesbian. Corey Harrington. Anyway. <laughs> Chris Smith. <laughs> um, player of the match. My player of the match. I've gone with young Jack Cogger. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Jack Cogger. Uh, one try and officially no try assist, but really try um, he set up the other two tries. Great uh, 20 meter passes uh, to set up Remus Smith and, um, and oh. the other one. Nick Meany. Nick Meany, sorry. Yes. <laughs> we just said his first Yeah, we just said, yeah. So uh, played both sides of the ruck, uh, involved in all the tries, and I thought he really stood up out there uh, and run the ship in the halves. Mm. He was the leader in the halves. So my player of the match yeah. was Jack Cogger. <laughs> was Jack Cogger. So, okay. Summed up, try involvements. Every single try had his name on all it. Over it yeah. All over it. Stamped. He stamped it. He's basically what we wanted to see out of Cogger. This whole season. He, yeah. He's, he's delivered it. He but it feels like he was getting closer each week. He, yeah. It feels like he's got all the... And I've been... Some might say I'm a little bit harsh on Lachlan Lewis. I think Lachlan Lewis is a fantastic defender. But Cogger, I've always... 
rated Cogger higher than Lewis as yeah. a genuine half. Good kicking, all-round kicking. He's got the all-round kicking. Uh, he's got passing. Where it feels like to me, Lachlan Lewis is a great defender, but just a bit one-dimensional in passing, and he doesn't take the line on and move the line. With the Jack Cogger try, yeah. Regan Campbell Gillard was at the scrum, and I actually said while watching this, I said I'd love it if Cogger, because he was the first receiver, <laughs> took a run at Campbell Gillard, and he did, and he scored. So yeah. I thought that was a good, good tip. I was a good tip, but it's good to see him playing. I don't know if it was a set piece, if it was. If you see this, if Dean Pace had go, no, nah, watching it looked like he just reacted. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I Which want is to what Dean, you want to see from yeah, your halves. I want to see if Dean Pace looked at. So you see, Lockman also doesn't seem like somebody reacts to me. He seems very much structure upon structure upon structure. Where Cogger becomes the person who becomes, I can break it if I need to. Yeah, and going from memory, I think Cogger even looks out to his right. As the ball, either just before the ball gets to him or just after, and then reacts and goes yeah. bang. I've loved it because I noticed Regan Campbell going out of the scrum. Yeah. I said it's towards the end of the game. Tired, tired man, forward. small. Cogger's a quick fella. Yeah. Especially, he's one of the very quick. Right out of tight forward. I said, if you're not going to score, you're going to put a dent in their defence and quick play the ball. Right. Score. You, you should score. Or a penalty, go for, go for two. That's why I picked Jack Cogger. Um, I'm really liking the Cogger Lewis. Thing, yeah. I wouldn't mind if they play the rest of the year together. However, yep. Dean Pay, just a quick question: Put Cogger in seven. We know he's the seven. <laughs> Lewis is the five. He's controlling it, wasn't he? Yeah, like it just feels weird why he's in six. I don't know if it's a, a mindset thing. Mm. They changed the six randomly. Um, <laughs> when foreign, like I just don't know. Or if he was originally going to be, it was going to be Lewis. Jersey didn't fit that week. Maybe. Oh, it hasn't fit in the last couple. Of weeks. <laughs> but I wonder if it's a mindset thing, putting him at six, yeah. and then he's actually, Less pressure. and then he's actually taking the whole yeah. game on, and then he's not realizing he's the chief playmaker. Yeah. Where when he's seven, if it's all the pressure on his shoulders, yeah. but Cog is the seven, even Absolutely. though he's ran a six. Fantastic game, Mister Jack Cogger. All right, dogs win sixteen eight. It was a great game to watch. Um, up against the Tigers this weekend, we'll do a preview a little later on, but. Slightly confident. It's now that time of the show where we go to Pup Watch. But before we go to Pup Watch, or as we before we announce our Pup Watch, we take a look at the both the Jersey Flag and Canterbury Cup results. Both of them were at Bangor Stadium and both of them were against the Penrith Panthers. We'll start with the Jersey Flag game. That was the first game. A 28-all draw. Very happy with this result. Panthers are a quality side. Uh, it was a top-of-the-table blockbuster. It didn't start too great. The Panthers... Started really well off the blocks running. Uh, they were leading 24-12 at halftime before the, then before the obviously 28-all draw, 28 all draw. There was a try towards the, uh, the end of the game which needed a conversion, which right at the end, yeah. unfortunately just missed it. Right, I think it was right on the right-hand side of memory, just on the right-hand side. It was almost, we're riding it over and just missed. I've really believed... Well, before the recording, before we hit started the recording, we're speaking to a... Another member of the NRL Bulldogs fans Twitter account, and he was saying that decided to go to the quick toilet break with mm. a couple of seconds left on the clock mm. um, to get ready for the the following game. Yeah. And uh, by the time he came back, it was a draw. Before <laughs> uh, it was all over. Uh, so, so let that be a lesson to everyone out there: stay to the stay to the side. Anything can happen. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it was definitely a game, though the Bulldogs. <coughs> If you were going to go to the sheds to both sides at full time, yeah. despite no team songs being sung because of the draw, yeah. the Bulldogs' sheds would definitely be happier because they came from behind. Panthers would feel like they let a good start go yeah. wasted. So um, because I was able to watch this game without no stats, 
So if someone's got to have a better yep. player for me, I've gone with the young halfback Jake Avaro as man of the match, as the pup watch for Jersey Fleck. Wonder if there's any relations to uh, Daniel Avaro. Well, if I pronounce that correctly, <laughs> uh, um... Avrilo. Avrilo. Okay. Also, yep. Apologies, Jake. Avrilo. I've actually just looked briefly on it. I actually typed Avaro on my laptop. <laughs> um, so Jake Avrilo, the young halfback, wins the first ever Jersey Flag pup watch because I was able to get there because we've only been doing Canterbury Cup yep. based off stats as well as watching it. Yeah, yeah. As well, yeah. We've, most of them we've watched, but yeah. the games were not televised yeah. or we are unable we to go. To, yeah. Or they've played the same day as the NRL. You know which one you've got to go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he wins the first ever Jersey Flag Pup Watch. So congratulations, Jake. Yeah. Now we move into the next game. And like we mentioned earlier, Christian Crichton went off injured within the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Again, another top-of-the-table clash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panthers were coming first. Bulldogs were third. Bulldogs end up winning 26-22. With the halftime score, Penrith leading 12-10. So both times Panthers were Come leading. Come back from behind. Well, even the yep. NRL game were leading. There you go. Yep. Um, quite an impressive, it was a good quality game. Um, well, as it would be, we said beforehand, like, the, the competition level of the Canterbury Cup is quite high. And these are two of the clubs that will be challenging for the premiership this season. Oh, yes. Yeah, so like, just like exactly like last year. Yeah. Uh, I think Newtown and, sorry, not Newtown, North Sydney and South Sydney are up there as well. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, uh, throw in uh, North Sydney. That's what I said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you said... Oh, no, you North Sydney. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. Sorry. North Sydney as well. Yeah. But um, especially when the Roosters players go back down. Um, yeah. They keep taking from them. Um, 26-22. Uh, great game. Unfortunately, it makes this a little bit impressive. Christian Crichton going down injured very early on in the game. Um, his involvement in the game, we've had NRL games where he's been our top meter eater. Yeah, his involvement. He's a big body, oh, very short person, big bulky body though. Strong, strong, very yeah. strong person who comes in and doesn't mind on the hard yards, and he gets a set started off a good start. Like he can start a set off a good start. He's he's very hard to tackle, uh, very deceptively strong. Yeah. Um. So that's a massive blow. Yeah. When we've already had with the shuffle, the shuffle the line. Um. It's the likes of Parramatta losing a uh, Sebo. Yeah. Kick returns. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that'd be the most similar. Comparison for the Bulldogs can break up too. Yes, exactly. And I want to highlight a few players like we did on the NRL this year. Yep. I'm going to highlight Raymond Patel and Mariner. He actually played prop. He started a prop. Nice. No, listened yep. to a prop and I said, ah, no, no, no. He's shuffling <laughs> players around. He no, played in the middle. Played in the middle. Yep. Played impressive. Mm-hmm. I thought he played really well. He's got a spot on the bench this week. Yeah, he's got a spot on the bench, which is good top bench, So he yep. might be playing a bit in the middle of that lock position or in the middle. So he, I was interested to see how he went. Very heavily involved. Uh, good uh, good minutes. I'm going to highlight a previous Pup Watch winner, Farmer Brown. Yep. Again, he scored a great he scored a great try. It was just simply... Uh, we're highlighting him just on the base of one really good try. Very involved. And I'm liking that. As someone who can... I've got a fear that if he did play in the NRL, he might be someone who comes in and out of games. He's got all the talent in the world. Yeah. Very involved. He scored a great try. By the Bulldogs were set on the their left hand side. Farmer Brown went to catch the ball. Everything was set for some out the back stuff. He butchered the try earlier on by throwing it a bit too high. Harbour Bridge pass. What the Panthers were able to shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked like they were set for that again. Looked like for some cutout pass using some bl- some block runners. He saw a tied 
defender. Back, he looked that way, looked back at it, took a run, step, step, so looked down and line, scored back at the player. Yeah, back at the player. Bang, bang. Saw the so saw the tie punch. Yeah, so yeah, on the try line and scored a great scored a great try. Now, very funny thing. This I'm sure he doesn't want this highlighted. In celebration, he pegged the ball into the crowd. Very happy with himself. He was goal kicking in this game, yeah. but Morgan Harper started it. Okay, yeah. And Morgan Harper huck, uh, cut himself after Palmy Brown scored the try. Okay. So Palmy Brown threw the ball into the crowd, and then there was no ball on the field. And then the ball boys didn't have any football, and they had to wait for that one. Yeah. And to, before he realised, he was actually goal kicking. He uh, thought Morgan Harper was goal kicking. Yeah. And then it was a, I thought it was a little bit funny. I thought it gave me a little bit of amusement after he scored his try. Um, but I'll quickly go to the my pup watch, and it's the pup watch. The pup watch. Yeah. The player highlighted out of Canterbury Cup this week is... Back-to-back, Jaden Ockenborough. Yeah. Two tries, 13 runs, 177 He's metres. knocking on that door, top grade again. Uh, he's knocking on the door. And um, unfortunately for him, I mean, well, fortunately for the Bulldogs, Nick Meany probably had one of his better games for the Bulldogs, yep. on the wing. Yeah. So it might be another week or another two weeks off, but another metre is stuff. And did Personally, you... I'd, I'd still like to see Ockenborough... Ockenborough oh. into the team, replacing Meany. Oh, nice. yeah, I would too. But another string to his bow, mm. he was doing the kickoffs at Ben Quest. Yeah? There you go. I just, it was pretty good, actually. Kyle Felt style. Oh, it wasn't quite, quite, it was quite awkward, but um, he's kicking it to the trial line. No danger of going out the full, but he's actually getting it to the trial line. Like, there's a few kickoffs this year. Yeah, Dallin's booted it dead. <laughs> put it either out of the full, yeah. or he's booted it to the 20 middle line. Yeah. Or it was more consistent. There was one where he's got it a little bit wavy, but not... Quite, yeah, quite okay. cool. But I uh, know another string to his bow, I guess. There if you can go. get a winger who can kick off. So, um, yeah, that's another little thing. So and that's it for Pop Watch this week. Fox League retro round this weekend. The Bulldogs play the West Tigers at ALZ Stadium Saturday night, 7 30 kickoff. Um, retro round is not in our raw round anymore, so no retro jerseys, Scotty. How does no. that make you feel? It'd be nice to see an old. Sleeve, like long sleeves. Oh, I don't know um, about going long sleeves, but oh. the old designs I'd like to see out on the field again. Bring yeah, it back. I don't even I wouldn't mind the old logo. Heritage jersey, yeah. I mean, the West Tigers would be a bit awkward, maybe. Oh, you could whack both on. Yeah, you could. They've got both on the current jersey. Oh, yeah, I mean, could whack them both on the chest or something. Yeah. Um, I would like to see some old design, a bit of fun. Well, you could do that. I don't know. I think there's a fan design out there on Twitter that has like a black sort of shield and it's got the old Tiger and the old WS Magpies logo. Mm. But anyway, we're up against them this weekend. Uh, Scotty, you got the team list there, yeah, have you? The team list, almost the same as last week, but I'll quickly run it through. Well, there's no Adam Elliott. Um, <laughs> I said almost the same. <laughs> At fullback is Dallin Martellis Lesniak. Wingers are Nick Meany and Remus Smith. The centers are Kieran Holland and Will Hopperwhitey. 5'8, and it was both our man of the match last week, Jack Cogger. Halfback, Lachlan Lewis. The props is Aidan Tolman, not having a milestone game this week. Feel like he's had a one every other week. And Dylan Narp is the other prop. Michael Leacher at hooker. Captain in the second row is Josh Jackson. He's partnered by Corey Haria Naira. Getting promoted from the interchange bench due to Adam Elliott being out is Chris Smith. Yep. And on the interchange bench is Jeremy Marshall King, Renoff Tumamangai, Demi Falalo, and Raymond Fatala Mariner, who comes in to replace Adam Elliott in the 17. And on the reserves is Kane Kelsch, Braden Wakeman, Jaden Ockenball, and Ofi Hickey Ogden. So Kelsch on the reserve list. Is that the first time Kelsch was on the reserve list? No, he's actually been at once before. Yeah, so... So after he signed into the top 30, yeah. he was there. But yeah, good play. I'm wondering if Kelsch plays this weekend. Uh, he's a strong strong uh, performer in the Canterbury Cups, so yeah. he might get a crack towards the end of the season. Um, 
I'm, I'm quietly confident this week, Scott. So I a win could be on the cards. Uh, confidence after the Panthers game. I feel like the Tigers are currently playing a similar similar way to the way the Panthers played that game against us. They're coming in and out of matches. Mm. The Bulldogs' defence holds up the way it did last week. Could be a real chance this week. Well, we actually have a really uh, really decent record against the West Tigers of recent. Yeah. You know, we won earlier this year. Um, the, only, the only thing for the West Tigers is that they, they're more do or die for the race of the finals at this stage. Oh, yes. But we've... Um, last year, if you actually track your mind back last year, when Ivan Cleary was the coach of the West Tigers, <laughs> don't know why that's important, um, they were in a, a similar position where they were actually, this yep. time, outside the eight, yep. really needing a win to get towards the eight. And everyone said this was a do-or-die match. Everyone tipped the West Tigers and saying, this is the match they're going to win because they're going to go through. Bulldogs got no hope. What are the Bulldogs playing for? Yeah. Bulldogs ended up winning that game at ANZ yeah. Stadium. At ANZ, so it was the last time at ANZ. Not much to play for. Apparently it was the reason Tigers were going to win because they had everything to play for. However, this time, the Bulldogs ran out winners. It's almost set up like almost like last year. Bulldogs are really getting away from that wooden spoon as their major yeah. focus. And the West Tigers are trying to Cement a spot in the eight, uh, or yeah, just cement a spot in the eight, or keep in touch, yeah. just really keep in striking distance. So, similar that similar type of feel, but I've actually tipped the Bulldogs. I reckon they're gonna win. <laughs> I've, yeah, I said last week they might surprise Panthers. I actually listened back on the podcast. I said they might surprise the Panthers. They actually <laughs> sure might win. Actually said it, <laughs> yeah. and I did say it. Yeah, and I said it wouldn't surprise me if they won. Yeah, I count that as a correct tip, even though I said to the Panthers. But I actually reckon they got the. I reckon they're going to win this game. The only fear I have is that we lifted for Tom's two hundred fiftieth game. Yeah, at uh, Ainsley's Stadium against the Sharks, and it was a shock win against Cronulla. Yeah. we were meant to lose against Panthers. Tomlin's two hundred for the Bulldogs and the NRL level, and we won. My hope is that we don't lift in milestone games. I mean, it's a good thing that they are lifting for Tolman. Yeah. It's great. But I'm hopeful we can keep a very similar mindset. lift every week. Every week. Because if we can lift and play to that stand last week, I'm sure that a few West Tigers fans will be leaving ANZ Stadium very upset. Well, that's the thing. If you lift for enough weeks in a row, that becomes a new standard. Mm. So if you look at Manly this year, the start of the season, they weren't so great. The fifth at the moment, though. What they did was they just lifted, lifted, lifted to a point where the lifting level was their level. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope we... So, like, those players that were no names are now quality first-rate players because they just keep lifting. So that's who yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like the, you know, the, the winger from there now. Just Ruben Garrick. Ruben Garrick. No uh, name. Elliott. No name. Like, yeah. Ruben Garrick, there's no one from the Dragons last yeah. year. He's reserve guy. Couldn't crack the top grade of the dra like, Dragons. Now he's going to be playing finals football this year. So that's what we want yeah. to see at a Barrow Club. Yeah, so they'll just highlight him. But um, West Tigers, I've got a feeling that there's a team that can get... They're very creative team. With, you've got Benji Marshall, Robbie Farrell, Luke Brooks. Great, uh, great side. Um, you've got Corey Thompson, who's doing, the former Bulldog, doing a lot of good at the back for the West Tigers. I've got a feeling, though, if we could frustrate them, which we hold that rock-solid defence and make it harder than they think... Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going to be a team that gets frustrated easy and then it comes mistakes like kicking the ball at the full or just the wrong kicks like kicking it straight down Dullin's throat or something <laughs> like, just something like that where just their decision making I feel like the team they get frustrated their decision making I don't think they've got the next gear. like against Roosters we've frustrated them enough definitely, they would still be back definitely be a tight game though I reckon close close game yeah, yeah, we'll I'll be, be out there this weekend 
you too. Yeah, I'll be there. Cool. I'll be there via Wollongong. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why that's important, but anyway. <laughs> showing people I was in Wollongong earlier that day, and I'm going back up from Wollongong up into ANZ Stadium. So commitment. To go. Commitment, yeah. Uh, it's going to be probably going to be a pretty poor crowd. Um, well, they did a good marketing campaign. 50% of all tickets yesterday. Yeah, that's good. So yeah. take advantage of that. But uh, just looking at it, the teams are situated. I don't expect a massive crowd. There's a game at Bank West two hours beforehand as well. So if so they want to come neutral, out. Yeah, but your neutral fan that might go to a game might go to that one. Instead, it's earlier time slot. I'd be disappointed Lots. not to see a lot of West Tigers fans here. I want to put the challenge out. They need, like you said, they need to win. Not that many West Tigers fans probably listen to us, but... <laughs> but if you are listening to the odd West Tigers fan, or you know a West Tigers fan, yeah. personally, get out they need They need to win. Yeah. Um, not like, I, my people's first position when I'm playing New Zealand, I'd be doing it, almost anything to get to New Zealand or whatever, <laughs> or Brisbane or whatever, to get there. Um, they need to win. They've got a great supporter base, West Tigers. I think they're fantastic. They, they pack out regularly Leichhardt and Campbelltown. Yeah, well, they're the, not unfamiliar with ANZ. They used to be their home venue, so it's not. Yeah, they can't. We've been locked out of the eight now, with the win by the Broncos. Because they need to get back in. Yeah, they need to get back in. They need the Cowboys to win last night for do or die. security. So um, yep. Wouldn't go as much as they do, but but if they lose this game, you'd almost say this. Yep. You've just probably put their season out. Get out there, make that corner big. So when we win, it's more enjoyable. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> West Tigers. Who do you like better, Belmain Tigers or Western Suburbs Magpies? Western Suburbs Magpies. There you go. Okay. Uh, what about you? Don't really have a preference. I just, <laughs> I just throw it out there. I just like, um, <laughs> before we move any further, just a Terry Lamb stuff. collection. There uh, we go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Tazza, uh, Terry. Yeah. Before we move any further, a random stat. You won't see this in the big league or your newspaper. Yeah. Moses Ambai has not defeated the Bulldogs since moving to the Tigers. He's lost for the Bulldogs where you say he defeated the Bulldogs. <laughs> so I don't know why I said it like that. But he has been unable to put He's away the Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. And when we do play, he tends to be the player who causes the most issues for the side. Like, I'm not... I don't know if bagging it's... Bagging on no, Moses. No, I'm not yeah. bagging on Moses. Um, I'm glad he's left. <laughs> <I'll say that>. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Bulldogs fans podcast. But all I'm saying is that at Campbelltown Little this year, it was not... Like, the first two rounds were not too bad for him. He was playing solid without being overly yeah. great. At Campbelltown round three... He's playing fullback. Had a shocker, right? He's playing fullback. Had a shocker. Dropping things. Not defending well. He's always seemed to put his worst foot in front of the Bulldogs. I don't know if it's a, he's put so much pressure on himself, but what are yeah. he doing? Doing the same thing so we can get another win, hopefully. <laughs> but we haven't lost. To, we haven't lost to a Tiger side with Moses Embai. There you go. So that's our preview for this week's game. Make sure we see you out there at ANZ Stadium tomorrow night. Time for Rugby League World, the section of the show where we divert away from the Bulldogs a little bit and talk about um, a topic that's been in the news this week. Andrew Johns has made. The news is talking about a possible Central Coast Bears expansion team uh, and other teams being killed off. I think you want to kill three Sydney teams to bring in the Central Coast Bears, is that right? Yes, yeah. All right. Name it. Maybe name who? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have our little discussion about expansion and all relocation. Scott, what are your initial thoughts? Um... We, well, first of all... Before, just... sorry, sorry, before we jump into your initial thoughts, just uh, put out there that the NRL uh, Todd, uh, have got a special group looking into expansion. Uh, Todd Greenberg's the head of that. They will be delivering a report of anything that they find on expansion or relocation to the commission in this off-season. Yeah, yeah. So, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I'm someone who thinks Perth needs to be in. 
a form of a fifteen. That's a no brainer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. West Coast Pirates West Coast. straight into the eleven. Well, whatever. I mean, I'm just gonna keep away from names. Just just throwing locations out there. Yeah, that yeah. Need to be in a team Perth. As you know, earlier as well, uh, the Bulldogs are playing three games in Perth next year, as so, as well as the Sydney Roosters. Who have really? This week. Yes, yeah. I did not hear that. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, we've yeah. got for three years. For three years. So two games for the next three years in Perth. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. At the same field. Hope oh, they, yeah. take each, they could take each other. Take each other. Bulldogs versus Roosters. Like, like Bay Roosters versus Bulldogs. Oh, I love it. Rebel or Bay Roosters. Okay, see, we always find a way in this uh, conversation to get back to the Bulldogs. Yeah. It always ends up there, even though we weren't even talking anything about the Bulldogs. Um, so we need a Perth team. Well, the WA crying out for a team. I, I think, think so. You've got the three-hour difference, so it opens up a new time slot for uh, viewers on the East Coast, so mm. the networks will be happy about that. Your Channel 9, your Fox Sports, uh, or maybe a different network. Who knows? 10 might compete for the Seven, rise next yeah. time because uh, they're owned by CBS in America. Uh, it opens up, gives us a team in WA, so, like, obviously... That sounds obvious, doesn't it? WA team gives us a team in WA, but what yeah. it does, it means we've got teams from the East Coast... To the West Coast, we're actually a national rugby league competition. Yeah, that's uh, so that gives us some credibility in our title of the competition name, mm. um, and they're, they're the third. Well, they're the third biggest state. I think I'm still correct to say this that they're the third biggest rugby league state as far as juniors go. Yeah, even more so than Victoria. Yeah, and they've had a team in Melbourne since uh, 1999. So, well, 1998. Before I go on with further opinion on yeah. other locations. Andrew Johns did come out and say yeah. he would like to see, I think it was something about like liking to see a Perth team, however, financially. Yeah. Okay. And I was just sat there going, what? Yeah. <laughs> because we look at the AFL. So they've got two teams at Perth. When they, you look at them, they're mostly in the East Coast, yep. like Melbourne being well, I think one team, I think one of the teams is located just outside Perth, but they play in. Yeah, everything happens in Perth. Well, we'll yeah. say WA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not knowing it for sure. So two teams in WA. We know they're more predominantly based on the East Coast, but if you've got all your Melbourne teams, which yep. is similar to NRL Sydney-like teams. Yep, yep. And then they've got a the couple of Sydney teams where the so Melbourne... travel would be about the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the AFL's ready, and you go, well, I don't have the books in front of me, and what makes the AFL have... So if we're playing a bit of devil's advocate, I'm sure if Charles was here, he'd say, yeah, but WA's an AFL state. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, but, yeah. So will will the new team have enough support to justify the well, travel? Yes, I, I would argue yes. Well, we you look, see what's happened to the state of origin in Perth. Yeah. The games that have been held in Perth have been, and yes, they're one-off games or two two a season or whatever. But they've always been well attended. Uh, Western Reds, when they're in a competition, well supported. Mm, They'd yeah. be one of the biggest clubs in the in the country right now if they <laughs> were allowed to continue. Uh, yeah, you've jumped my. I think what I was going to say next. Like, you look at the origin is. Yeah. At least some form of interest. To yeah. start. I almost just say if they did have a Perth team, yeah. like you said, West Coast Pirates yeah. would probably be the name, you almost start their season at uh, off the stadium, just sort of round one. Yeah. I think they would be able to get 40,000, if not more. Um, my next thing is, as well, I was going to say, uh, the AFL who does it, but who else has a Perth team with well, a smaller sport well, basketball well, basketball does uh, A-League A-League soccer yeah. A-League and we know A-League's TV deals nowhere near anywhere of the NRL and AFL no, it's a couple of hundred million compared to two billion yeah yeah but that's the other thing if we have a Perth team that's another market we could sell to for TV mm. that's going to drive our TV dollar up high oh, a yeah. Perth team could almost pay for itself just through the TV broadcasting agreement yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, my final thing I want to sort of say why a Perth team needs to be Hopefully, Robert Stebb to put in yeah. is 
Western Force. Yeah, no they, longer. And just, uh, what, two years ago now? Yeah. Disbanded. And for those, obviously, not 100% sure, rugby union team in Western Australia bags themselves out of Perth. Yeah. Played the HBF Park. Yeah, which is LAB. Which is the same stadium. Yeah, which is... Yeah. Where Curtis Rona went to. Former Bulldog Curtis Rona, former went to the Waratahs. So if you don't know much about Union, there's a little bit of... Because he was a Perth junior, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So another another reason for a player, Bryson Goodman. Yeah. Yep, there we go. Daniel Holdsworth. Which is LRLWA. Daniel Holdsworth, another former Bulldog who came through the... But anyway, if they have interest in rugby union... Yeah. And they were crying... Uh, when I massive made, made new, like main, yeah. it was very much mainstream. It's one of the early times that Robbie hit mainstream, but this was yeah. when Western Force were kicked out of the comp. So um, it's been potential to tap into that. That team survive uh, outside of Super Rugby. They play in their own competition that was set up. So if we could jump in there with a team, professional that team. plays in the, they haven't got a professional team. But if we jump yeah, in with no. a team that's part of a traditional competition, uh, yeah. we could take a lot of those supports. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly was my thing. Yeah. I, I think there's enough market. Uh, I think anywhere where unions got some sort of market or big in areas, leagues at least got the potential to be half that. And I feel more than that in Perth. Left I think it's more than that in Perth. I'm just saying, just in general. Where union might be massive, you there's potential of league being a, a, yeah. a well run. Well, union's sport. not much bigger in WA than league is. At oh moment. no, and that's without the team. Yeah, but so, also left a field approach here. If I was the rugby league international federation, I'd almost be helping the Alara get a team in Perth. You know why? Massive expat South African community in Perth. A team in the NRL in WA could be rugby league's entry through the door into South Africa. There you go, yes. A lot of them do. And that's what so, made also Union big there, was they jumped on the Western Force. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're done with WA. Done yeah. with WA. Um, a bit of a... I would actually agree with the sense of Andrew Johnson with the Central Coast team, with the Bears. So Central Coast Bears yeah. joined an already saturated New South Wales market. New South Wales market, but it's not a yeah. saturated Sydney market. Okay. And not New South Wales market. I think Gosford deserves the team. Yeah. I think they... They usually get decent turnouts when they... I know, again, we're playing one-off games, so it's very hard to use a one-off game. And I feel like we can bring history back in a competition and rivalry with North Sydney, with the old Bears, North Sydney, old yep. link with North Sydney, playing such against the Seagulls, Rabbitohs, a bit of foundation, like a little bit of the foundation type of thing, as well as Central Coast. However, I know it's very unlikely, and they'll be talking about second Brisbane team, which yeah. TV revenue... Would be fantastic. So I've got to, so I've got to go a little bit. I agree with you that Central Coast Bears would work. I don't think we'll see a Central Coast Bears with the time being, with the way the uh, teams are in Sydney and throughout New South Wales. I think um, your best bet, if you want the Central Coast Bears to, I think the best bet on the Central Coast is to have the Bears. It's probably the best branding. Mm. Uh, but I think the best way to have. Um, your Central Coast Bears would be if Manly fell, falls over. Mm. The North City Club takes Manly's license and plays out the Central Coast. And they can be the team from pretty much the north side of the Harbour Bridge right up to the... Cost, the right up to Central almost Coast. New, almost Newcastle. Kissing on Newcastle. Knights taking over out there. Northern I think that's the best way. But now, if a lot of Manly fans out there would hate to hear that. And I don't really give a shit, especially after we had some trolls last week. Go screw yourselves. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Uh, and stuff has like um, yeah. but also enjoy your little public park with dog shit on it yes uh, 
It actually looks like it. <laughs> but if we actually go back to Vols, our New South's regional teams. Yeah. There's one full-time regional team. One full-time regional team. That's Newcastle. Mm. Yeah. Gosford will create two. I mean, you well, I'd argue that's Georgia Lawara are a full-time regional team. Well, I they mean, base themselves a completely trained out of water. They yeah, play that's what, six games of Cobra, but that's it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, as in like home games. Yeah, yeah. So they're not. A, I think people need to think. I actually think this. People saying the Sydney and that, I think that's impacting on further New South Wales. Yeah. Gosford's very not Sydney-like. It's completely. Oh, it's definitely its own market. Yeah. It's own market. So I feel like um, I reckon it'd be a very good community. Uh, potentially, just being a great community yeah. team. And the thing is, the Bears could tap into that North Sydney CBD, which is one of the largest CBDs in Australia, as well as uh, alone without the rest of Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, then as well as taking the all the way up to almost Newcastle. Yeah, but I'm talking about corporate support. Oh, corporate support. Yeah, yeah. corporate support. Yeah. There'll be enough on the Central Coast, but there'll be extra from North. Oh Sydney. yeah, and then um, I feel like it'd be a really good community team. I feel like yeah. it'd be great potential. For, I don't know. I just could see radio stations jumping all over on the local. Yeah, CFM. Yeah, all that yeah. trying to jump over. Or is that golf? I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> um, but I feel yeah. like what they might play what one maybe two games in North Sydney Oval if I'd it go gets if, approved. I'd go one. Yeah. If it gets approved by the NRL as being well, the NRL doesn't really have a league to stand on. If they're going to say North Sydney Oval's good enough for Women's Origin. And Brookvale Oval's good enough to have 12 games at. North Sydney Oval can have one game at. One NRL game. Sure. Which would get, you'd say, I'll imagine capacity now is around it's like 15. 16. Yeah, yeah probably. 16. Yeah. Mark, which is not bad to take one home game for 15 or two home games no, especially for 30,000. Especially if you pack it out. If you get 16,000 packed out and the rest of your games are getting uh, between 16 and 20,000 up on the Gold Coast, uh, Central Coast as well, that'll be a fairly healthy crowd average so that would be probably my two teams but I can understand yeah. the value of a second so that's, that's if we go up by two yeah if we go because I like to go up by two because you never want to start the season with a buy no no <laughs> just the, the season's right. starting we've got so to buy other locations uh, we'll just stay with the bigger ones Brisbane Brisbane 2 uh, people have talked about Ispritch or Redcliffe or just Brisbane, Brisbane CBD Again. Brisbane Bombers I think they're called um if it was me, if we're going to have another South East Queensland team, I think I'm actually leaning towards CBD mm. team. Have two CBD teams, have it like um, Manchester United, Manchester City are in the EPL. And uh, there's enough resource up there to support Almost two like, teams. Almost like the Melbourne Stars and Renegades in cricket. Yeah. The Big Bash. Although I'm not oh, happy I mean. with cricket at the moment. Anyway. Oh. <coughs> just... Let's not get into that shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we, do, we, might, we might make a new podcast. Cricket podcast in the office. No, yeah, we're, we not, we're not one. doing that. I'm, I'm off cricket. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, what other locations? PNG, probably not going to happen for another 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, uh, Fiji. New Zealand team, maybe in Wellington? Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I, the, think, I think the NRL is almost waiting for the Warriors to win a premiership before yeah, considering yeah. it. Or constant top yeah. table stuff where they yeah. constantly up. Thereabouts, but knowing the Warriors, that could take definitely a, a second team based in either Christchurch or Wellington could probably work. Where, Christchurch, where, I'd go with actually. Where was the that midfield, the Dunedin United? Is it? Uh, it's, that's that's like the south. This is south of the South not Island. A, oh, not so it's a very it's a university town. Yeah, so they do have a Super Rugby team there, but it, that's rugby union. Yeah, they, they love the rugby union in Brazil. Yeah, well, it's interesting. They, that's probably arguably their best well facility in wise of. I mean, this is being, this, Park, this is being an Australian person, yeah. not going to a New Zealand football game. Yeah, yeah. Cove. But looking from TV, yeah. that stadium to me looks like the best facility, like stadium-wise. Yeah. Eden Park's your biggest and your most... I'd probably stay at Eden Park, to be honest. Okay. Well, I haven't, I haven't been to, um, to 
Prosper Stadium. I haven't been there. That's the stadium. That's Thank the stadium. You. But it's you. an enclosed, enclosed stadium. looks about 20,000 people. I think it could be expanded to 25,000 if you get rid of the concert stage at the end of the field. But I just like that. Uh, but e- Eden Park's quite a, quite a lovely field. Yeah, I think it's, it's very tight too. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's one of the best things. Although we're not going to put a team at Eden Park. Unless it's the Warriors. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, but I've just been like, yeah, yeah. Like Frost Park, like, I think it's too small of a town. But I think Christchurch, I think Christchurch is the second biggest rugby league area in New Zealand. The mm. first biggest is South Auckland. So Christchurch is the second biggest. I think that's where you'd go if you went from New Zealand. Well, with the talk of a second New Zealand team, this might yeah. slightly be off topic. I do like a New Zealand page on Facebook. That's yeah. the website it's called. Where they are... Uh, Talk all New Zealand sports from yeah, obviously yeah. Union being their Premier League, cricket, whatever. Yeah. They're actually talking about their best 10 rugby fields, referring to both as. Yeah. So rugby, this instance being both rugby league yeah, rugby proper, union, or, uh, forms of rugby. Or yeah. you could just say best rectangular fields as well. That would have yeah. made more sense. Mount Smart didn't make the list. Yeah. Didn't make the top 10. And, uh, it's a former athletics track. Oh, yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah. But when I looked at some of the stadiums where. Uh, some of the New Zealand teams play it, their facilities are horrendous. Yeah. Like, as in compared to what we got in Australia, or what yeah. we're about to get in Sydney as well, what we're about to get in Sydney, what we've got in Perth, what we've got in Melbourne, yeah. what we've got in the southeast Queensland, and what we're going to get in Townsville next year. Yeah. Does that another thing the NRL go there and see if they can make the government go for ransom for a new stadium? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the, the cake tin made it, which is uh, the Wellington, yeah. the, the cake tin, the Bulldogs have played the train matches. The cricket oval. Yeah, exactly, yeah. What, exactly what they started with there. Yeah, yeah. Not ideal for your... I don't know. They had a pretty good... Uh, AMI Stadium in Christchurch was pretty good until they had that massive earthquake, disastrous... Oh, yeah. Earthquake. I mean, unfortunately... But they're playing at... I think the Crusaders are playing at Rugby League Park now in Christchurch. Mm, um, but like, that made so, me... Yeah. Like, there's was, there was, uh, there was just other stadiums that I don't have in front of me, but looking at it compared to here, yeah. now I've realised how much better we are now in yeah. Sydney, let alone actual... When when uh, so the new ANZ Stadium, the new so we're moving this back to expansion and relocation. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about relocating a team? Uh, so let's put it out this way: the only teams that are ever going to be relocated are Sydney-based teams. Mm-hmm. So so let's so Cowboys are never going to be relocated. The Titans, the Broncos, Melbourne, obviously, and the Warriors are never going to be relocated. Canberra, Newcastle, same sort of issue. Yeah, because they're uh, regional. So with, yeah, regional bases. bases. The Gold Coast people, if you don't like them, they're here to stay. The NRL's not going to give up on the Gold Coast and surrender that territory to other sports. Mm. So as a game, we need to make that franchise a success. Yeah? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 yeah. You agree? Yeah, I'm just... Say if you agree on that. Yeah. Um, so out of the Sydney-based clubs there, what do you think about relocation? I mean, I'm glad that we're Bulldogs fans and on the NRL Seeds podcast. Because I know it's not going to be us. Yeah, we're not going to get it. We've got a strong leagues club. Well, we're strong one of the supporters. biggest, biggest yeah. clubs in Sydney. We're, strong brand. leagues club had. I think I read somewhere the leagues club, seven hundred fifty million dollar profit this year. Yeah, um, they just expanded. I was as looking well. at uh, my big league. Go get your big league. But I was looking at big league. Uh, we're ninth best for crowd averages this year, coming second last. That's incredible. Yeah, and to yeah. be honest, our crowds compared to what it was. Wait, what's that, what was our average this year? Like, uh, average of, the, the currently at the moment it's about 15,000. Yeah, and we know that... Uh, we could get up to around 2022 20, when we go good. Well, in 2009, we're around the 24,000 mark. Yeah. So, we look at that, even 2012, we are looking in the 20s in that... Alright, so we're saying the Bulldogs are not being relocated. Uh, uh, what about other teams? How do you feel? How I feel? So, I'm, so I'm, I'm lucky. Relocation, I feel a bit 
tough for the few because just thinking if you went for a smaller thing. Yeah. I've got a feeling that you shall we say I've read St George Illawarra, but being Wollongong as well as St George being a, the Red V, yeah. very strong brand, very strong supporters, very yeah. vocal supporters as we've seen recently. I think they're safe. Yeah. I think the Panthers are safe, just almost because of their. Then you look at weaker teams like the Eels. They haven't made a profit in a long time, but they're yeah. in Parramatta. And they've got the potential to be the biggest, biggest sports club in Australia. Yeah, so they're safe. Penrith's safe. Phil Gould's done some, no, Phil Gould's done some good work yeah. business-wise to make Penrith... Got, kick, well, when you're talking about relocation, the thing to remember is you've got to talk long-term. Yeah. And you've got a uh, wider competition. Well, Penrith's safe in the fact that yeah. the area is a growing area as well. Yeah. I think you'd be stupid to get rid of that area. Nah. Parramatta's safe, so I think the Western almost... So not so much who's going to get relocated. Well, how do I just feel? Just how do you feel about relocation? Uh, where there is, uh, it almost depends on the area. Like, I almost yeah. feel like we don't want to relocate to Perth because I think Perth's strong enough to have their own team. Okay. Uh, could you relocate to a, like, a central Queensland almost side to make a fourth? Yeah. Well, like five on, Queensland sides? Depending on who comes in, yeah. <laughs> Possi- then I'd possibly say yes. Yeah. I feel like... Perth, well, that Western Australia region needs their own team. Yep. I feel maybe a Queensland where it's already heartland area, yep. they might get behind it. I think Western Australia needs something built up for themselves. So I say relocating to an area where it's pretty big, <laughs> yep. yes, but I feel like WA needs its own I'll, I'll finish off this topic with this. My thoughts on relocation are quite... I've thought about this quite a lot. No team should ever be forced to relocate. Mm-hmm. Right? So... If, let's say, the Manly Seagulls, for example, they're about to fall over Mm. and they're about to go bankrupt and they prefer to die, then that team dies. And the NRL should be strong enough to go, we're either not replacing it or we're going to replace it with a team based in here, wherever that is. Mm. They should have a strategic plan to say that's what's going to happen. The NRL should not be held back from expanding because of poor teams. So if there's a couple of Sydney teams struggling at the moment... Uh, the NRL should go ahead and expand. If that means five years down the track, silly teams fall over or relocate, then so be it. That's the nature of the beast. So no team should be forced to relocate, right? That's my opinion. Though, relocation should be an option for teams that want it or foresee, or foresee that in the future they're not going to survive. Hmm. Classic example of this would be Belmain Tigers. West Magpies needed the merge and stay in the NRL. Belmain were okay. But Belmain had a look into the future and thought, we're not going to be able to survive this. We need to merge to survive. Mm-hmm. So similar thing. If Manly are going to fall over, they look at the five, next five years, the Penn family disappear. Uh, they've got no money. They can't make any money. They can't grow on the North Shore because everyone hates them. Yeah. Uh, we want to relocate. Then that's the only time we should relocate. Yeah. Second thing on relocation is it depends on who's relocating and it depends where they're relocating. So it has to be a good fit. So Manly wants to relocate to Adelaide. The NRL, Manly Seagulls, and the South Australian National Rugby League, the SANRL, need to look into that and see if it will work. You don't want to burn territory. You don't put Manly to Adelaide, and Adelaide hate Manly, and Ooh. it dies, and then Adelaide never get a chance for another team. What you want to see is, will a Seagulls brand, will an Adelaide Seagulls brand work in Adelaide? And if it does, then you move. Um, same with any other location. So it's there as an option. But no team should be forced to move. Also, though, teams struggling shouldn't stop the NRL from expanding. Yeah. Why should one team or two teams hold back the entire competition, the entire sport? To actually add to your yep. thing, the Bulldogs, when they announced they're taking games to Perth, yeah. they used it as an opportunity to upsell some sponsorship deals. Yeah. 
and the memberships. Yeah. No, but I'm saying now, if you as a permanent Perth team, yeah, as a a sponsor of a struggling team, yeah, you got the potential of them actually playing in most of the teams that will play in Perth. Mm. Therefore, a Sydney team becomes more attractive to sponsor mm. because they're going to play a home game or not a home game, sorry, an away game in Perth. Yeah. Therefore, they're going to Perth, and also not just that, even if they don't play in Perth. It's national coverage. It's their national yeah. coverage because people in West Australia might be watching the NRL more regularly. Watching their team play your team. Your team play your team. Also, they might, a game directly affects them or we might pick up some strong supporters out of this thing that is watching NRL week in, week out anyway. Mm. So a sponsor on the back of our jersey when we don't play at Perth, say for example, if we don't, which would be silly, might actually pick up in Perth as well. So therefore, having a, another team in yeah. West or another NRL team in that area will help with sponsorships with teams yeah. who might not even play there for the year or Just not even involved in Perth. Two more things on relocation. I think um, merge teams should be safe. Mm-hmm. So I don't think a merge team should relocate because they're already dealing with two supporter bases. Oh, yeah. George, with the fans in Congra and surrounding areas uh, in Wollongong, don't want to also have to provide those two fan bases plus a third. Yeah, It'd be really hard. Or West, West Tigers, Tigers with the Illawest Sydney... Uh, Ashfield area, or they've got three already almost. Yeah. In the west of the Ashfield and then uh, Campbelltown. Um, so they should be safe as well from relocation. Um, the third thing is, last thing I'll say on this is that um, there's probably only three locations that expansion could work. And they are Adelaide, Central Coast, Christchurch, or Wellington, mm. I reckon. Mm. So we could end up with Christchurch, Seagulls, Adelaide Roosters. Central Coast Sharks. It's now that time of the show where we go to listeners' topics. This is where you could uh, message us, email, send us an auto message, tweet, Instagram, however you want to send the message. So at LRL Bulldogs fans on Twitter, at LRL Bulldogs underscore fans on Instagram. Or email us as well. NRLBulldogs.fans at gmail.com. Or you could send us a video, oh, oh sorry, a voice. An audio message, message on our anchor page. Which we'll upload later on yeah. social media sites. Um, the first one comes from Ted Baxter. Ted Baxter, a big fan of the podcast. Uh, he got a mention on episode one, I think, did he? Yes, he Ted? did. Yeah, so Good idea, Ted. Keep listening, Ted. We love it. Uh, he basically talked about the Bulldog salary cap. Yeah. So I'll quote him without now. Yeah, for so the last... Just for the listeners out there, I've actually, I actually haven't seen this particular tweet. So Scott's going to read it to me and we'll have a bit of a reaction. Yeah, sorry. For the last couple of years, the club has said that our cap situation is crap. Yeah. Until the end of the 2020 season. Why hasn't hasn't the release of so many players brought brought this date forward a year? It doesn't add up to me. So So why hasn't it? Yeah, so you talk to the likes of Woods and stuff like that. Why hasn't the date been moved? Well, I think in a way it has. Like... Our, we haven't had any room in our salary cap to the end of 2020, that's correct. Although, we've moved a few players on, we're paying a few players to play at other clubs. Mm. Uh, I think Aaron Woods is probably the biggest one there. Yes. Um, which has then given us some cap space to sign players like Dallin Wattelli to Lezliak, who Penrith are paying and Corey. partially. And Corey, Corey Penrith yeah. are paying Corey yeah. partially as well. Um, so that gives us that space. And I think if you look at the signings for, uh, that were being talked about for next season, Apasau, Coruscant, uh, I think this actually leads to our next topic, uh, I think he's contracted for Manly next season. Next so season. Manly will be paying 
part of his contract there. Next few years. Uh, Jesse Raylian, I think he's contracted for a few more years at Newcastle. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, because it's his first year and at Newcastle. We've also had uh, a season. So if we, if, we got, if we got that player too, we'd be paying part of their, their salary. So I think to answer your question, why hasn't it been brought forward? I think it has, but it's not going to be completely free and open until 2020 where we stop playing players and playing at other clubs. So next year, we're going to be in a really weird situation where we're paying a lot of players at other clubs. We might have five players or so at our club being paid by other clubs. Mm, yeah, and I also think we don't know the exact detail. It's yeah. all reported figures, but the back-end deals, yeah. which we know is a thing, we don't know to the extent or like how some players... like. Yeah. We can throw numbers out, but mm. being saying has his reported number, like there's people like... Aiden Tolman, who's been suggested that he's been paid upwards of eight hundred thousand a year, mm. which is a lot of money. Crazy for a prop. prop. Um, Josh Jackson yeah. could be another back-ended player. So we're still back in a deal. And you've also got to remember that Des and Ray Dib and Raylan Castle yeah. were working to a massive, a much bigger salary cap. So they're back-ending players, but they're also back-ending to a higher cap. Yeah. And but never got to. Yeah. He went up from. 8 point something to 9.4 which mm. we're playing at now the Bulls were talking about the 10.6 mark, 10.5 10.6 mark yeah. so they were talking about another 2 or 3 so players, really poor management, 2 or 3 quality players we were already planning towards something that was never spoken about well it was spoken about the NRL was speaking about how big it was going to go but and the NRL took a while to come towards a number but the Bulls went all out for at least $10 million so I don't remember when the news did break well, when this started becoming a drama and yeah Dib fighting and all them fighting with the yeah. NRL trying to get it up to at least 10 they were trying to like bargain with them yeah. that a lot of other teams were going around the 9 million mark anyway yeah. and they a lot of other teams got a bonus 500,000 almost when they yeah. were planning to 9 million well, we, lost, we went we well lost a million we lost 2 quality players yeah. at, or we lost 4 5 up and coming players yeah. depending on how you look at it so you need to remember that we were working to a target no one else was working so you do say it's poor management so that's why I come up with why did everyone like every other NRL team got it right Yeah. and we're the only one in our own little ourselves the only way we could have pulled forward that 2020 date uh, to make it instant would be if a whole bunch of players retired and we didn't have to pay them out mm, so I'm... we're still paying players at other clubs basically and then you look at the people like Kieran Foran at the club yeah, which would take it a million dollars to play 10 million. Yeah, no, they reckon he's probably 1.2 next year. Again, yeah. reported figures. Yeah. Just want to make that clear. Salary cap should go up again next year. It's going, I think it's going up every year at the moment. That's like sort of small percentage. So if Kieran Foran is hypothetically over a million dollars a year, yeah. that's a lot of money on someone who was proven yeah. with a poor track record the last... Like, he barely played for power. More than 10% of your cap. He barely played for uh, the Warriors, yeah. the half a season for the Warriors. So again, poor management, as I said, but I must say the management now has actually done a fantastic job considering getting to us where we are, yeah. Yeah, with Clemmer, with the best thing about Clemmer leaving was Clemmer actually approached the Bulldogs for a release. Yeah. So that means we'd have to pay Clemmer. So yeah. that would have opened up the date a little bit further. But I think they've done a fantastic job sh- shopping Woods around. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, got rid of James Gray. I mean, as sad as it sounds, but it was one of those tough ones you had to yeah. Moses Zembai who's uh, another one I think 
all considering, and the way they're shopping around, which goes into our next topic in just a, sh- a second, the way they're oh, shopping for players, not shopping around, shopping for players next year, they've signed players, like Matthew mentioned, who are currently having an NRL contract, or looking to sign yeah. players who are contracted for at least another year with their club, yeah. so they're trying to do a deal with other clubs to open up their cap space, as well as so we get... Dallin's been a terrific buy. So it's Corey. Yeah, Corey's been really great. Uh, Dallin's been amazing. I think Dallin has the potential at fullback to be like another Roger to a last check. Mm, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, topic number two is uh, from the fans. Uh, lots of discussion about signings next year. Signings next year. So uh, Herman SESE, yeah. um, who else we got? Apisau, Coruscant, and um, Jesse Romeo. You think you just missed his name, didn't you? It's Appy Coruscant. Apisau. Oh, Apisau's full, full name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Appy. Appy. Appy, yeah. Yeah, Appy, yeah, sorry. Happy, Appy, I like to call it. <laughs> <Happy>, you <laughs> always got a smile on the dial. Happy, Appy. He'll be an extremely <laughs> happy, Appy if he's at Belmore next year. I think so. Yeah. Um, what do we think about those? Uh, you want to start with Herman? So Herman? you mentioned him first? Yeah. He's had a bit of problems off field, hasn't he? Yeah, that's why, that's that's why, why he originally left, left at the club. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why he left Brisbane. I might be wrong. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's why he was at Newcastle. Yeah. I yeah. think he's, he's had hasn't been reported on but it seems like there's a bit of whispers that something might have happened there that's why it's falling out spe- yeah so not the best track record off the field uh, um, not he's, he's a decent player on the field he's not going to turn the club around no uh, but we've got a lot of forwards as it is I still think I mean I'm a massive fan of Sawaso too yeah and I like to say Sawaso instead started of off a bit slow Sue Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It felt like he was a young player trying to do the yeah. Dylan Narp every week until he realised he's actually a great player not rushing out the line all the time. Yeah. But he really picked up before the unfortunate ACL injury. But I feel like we've got people like Denny Falala who doesn't have a contract next year. Yeah. And there's no speculation or no talks that he's looking to ink a new deal. I mean, I don't know. We've Maybe already it's... lost um, Francis Tala. Yes, he went to Brisbane. Yeah. Broncos? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I knew he was playing Quizzle Cup. I didn't know he had a deal with Fox. No, oh, he did. Okay. Um, we've got that um, so I think there's a potential there'd be a, SS. I reckon SAS on the bench and we might have a bench of Sawasa, Sue, SESA if we do sign SESA you better not cause any issues off field oh yeah like as a club we can't have off field issues right now but or we don't want them any, any time yeah, but, but yeah I think we've got the luxury almost in props because we've got if we look at the props next year and this is what I look at one recruiter. Well, it's probably more of a lock, isn't it, SESC? Well, um, Even though it's a very similar position. I always circle the props and locks in the same position. Yeah. We've got Adam Elliott next year in the lock position. I'll start yeah, with him. Was, you I think that. he needs to pick his game up next year. So oh, yeah, he's off contract. It's almost been like second year syndrome this year. It's like he's off contract. Even though it's second year. Yeah. Um, we've got Aidan Tolman, the yeah. milestone man. So he'll the milestone year. towards the end of his career. Yeah, his he's looking, yeah, he's looking... He's coming off contract next year. He's yeah. looking to ink a long... Uh, uh, probably another two, two more years. Three more years. Got Dylan Napa, who's yeah. our longest. He's got the longest contract at the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, you got Suaso Su, like I mentioned. You got Renoff Tomamangai. Yeah. We have Denny Falalo under question marks and Ofiki Ogden next year. Denny Falalo question marks because he doesn't actually one of the only ones who doesn't have a contract next year. So therefore, I think we've got a bit of luck. And the reason I say this is because I like Ofiki Ogden. I yeah. think he's a great player. But I, I would start with Herman on the bench with Suaso Su. And run off from a Mungai. Yeah. With Ogden as your first reserve. Mm. As in like anyone drops out. So I feel like we got lucky in the sense that any crap happens with Herman Asessi. Yeah. Herman Asessi. Yeah. Or SESI, sorry. Out the door. Yeah. Ophi Ogden. You don't lose too much. Well, don't really lose anything with Ogden playing 
in that position of See, on the bench. I don't think we three s- middles on the bench. I think we only signed SCSE if he can add a uh, subject to the pack. So I don't if, think he does. if he if he doesn't add anything, or if he's going to say what we already got, we don't need him. Well, there you go. So so there you go. So I'm actually going to the actual limit of yeah. I'm I I wouldn't mind at this it. stage. You just don't play players just for the sake of play. Yeah, for depth for the right. I don't mind it. Yeah, but. Like I said, I mean, the only person that's coming really off contract who I'm not sure is going to be there is Denny Falalo. So it might be a bit of a swap. Possibly. Possibly. Or, but Ogden thing. The other player will go happy, happy. Happy, happy. Happy, happy Corus. He's got to come now. He's already got a bullet on Lifa. Yeah. Happy, so, happy. Yeah. Um, happy Corusau. Oh, I love him. For those who can't remember or choose not to remember, the 2014 Grand Final is the Ooh. South Sydney hooker. He actually wore 21 on his back. And I remember we were sitting there at the grand final together in the borough. Yeah. So if you do, we look at that. Oh, yes. We got late, late tickets to that one. Yeah. So we're sitting in the borough. I've got to say, Robo's fans on that night were fantastic. Oh, yeah. We had some fun with a few of them. Um, yeah. We had like people to the next to us, beside us. Yeah. All good, all good people. But, um, See the emotion when they won their grand final. When though? As far as it was for us, it was kind of... It's good to see. There was a, a gentleman sitting next to us that was... Um, Probably the older gentleman that he yeah, he's 50, at least. never never seen his club won a grand final and as soon as that final siren went he just turned to tears and uh, it was a good moment yeah. despite that we lost the grand final yeah so it was a bit of bit of yeah. sweat I guess like where you saw the joy in their faces there was people who were thirty in the crowd yeah who hasn't seen him win because it's a forty over forty year thing yeah. but Abby Corson this is now the funny story I want to quickly tell you about Abby <laughs> to show how stupid I am I didn't pick this up. Yeah. When they won the grand final, that was the 21st grand final win. Yeah. Appy Coruscant wore 21. There you go. Yeah. And they were going, 21, 21. <laughs> and I said, Coruscant played a good game. <laughs> but I don't think he deserved to be chanted when you had the bird likes of the bird. This is Sutton and Greg English who played the whole entire year. Yeah. And then that's when you tapped me on the shoulder and said, 21 grand finals. And I said, oh, yes, I knew that. I don't know if it's 21 grand finals. It's 21 premiership. 21 premiership, sorry. Yeah, 21 until 1954 was... Uh, compulsory grand finals. Yeah, sorry, so yeah. 21 premierships and that's yeah. what they were chanting. Yeah. I thought they were so happy with Appy's performance <laughs> that I'm trying to get him the Clive Churchill. So I thought that was He's funny. played a good game though. Very good hooker. Great oh, replacement yeah. for Isaac Luke. Yeah. I remember going into that game picking because South had a great team that year. I thought, really, the one chance we got this is if poor old hooker Appy Appy Coruscant just gets override with nerves and crumbles. Yeah. I thought that was her best chance. Didn't happen. No. South one. So we went on to go to Penrith. Yeah. Wasn't that overly happy time at Penrith? Yeah. But a lot of players have gone to Penrith and not had a overly happy time. And he's gone to Manly. He's had a, in a disappointing Manly side when I've watched Manly play. Yeah. When they were disappointing under Trent Barrett, I always good. thought he was a good player. Yeah. And it was a thing. And he's had a an injury affected year, but he started off the year good. Well, and he's yeah. had an injury in the middle. He's back now. He's pushed Manis for now, back to the bench, and he's been playing well. Yeah. But they think he's more long-term or the cheaper option. Yeah. And Appy's good. However, the Warriors are after Appy Coruscant, and the Warriors are willing to offer more to keep Manly's cap happy. Yeah, so the Warriors are... Warriors <laughs> have like happy offered, happy. Happy, yeah. <laughs> Warriors have offered 1.5 million uh, for two... No, three years. And the Bulldogs have offered 1.2 million for three years. Yeah, so a little bit more, which would make the... Seagulls happy, so they might be trying to push Appy. Would be clearly up to Appy. Oh, well, he's up um, to Appy, but they would rather him sign with the Warriors. The thing for us though is that we're at Sydney, so he might not have to move house. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah. as long as he turns up, 
yeah. on training. Plus, he's a great hooker. Uh, he's better than any hooker we currently have. No disrespect to Marshall Kim. Um, and Leach is on his way up. Yes, he's already a minute so, too. So we're going to need a hooker. I think Apisal Coruscant is probably one of the better ones in the league. Uh, and I think it would be a solid replacement. So for me, Apisal Coruscant, yes. Yes, and I say yes as well. Cool. So we tick him off. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get him. Well, yeah, we've, we've, we've said this podcast and we want your views. I mean, your first one, we said no to Herman. Yeah. I mean, I was more sold Tell on Tell us why we're wrong. Tell, yeah, let us know. Oh, let us know if you agree with us. Because I yeah. like people agreeing with me as well. <laughs> uh, let us know. Too many people tell us we're wrong. Yeah, so <laughs> no, let us know that with Herman, were we, were we right saying no? Or yeah. were we wrong saying no? Jesse Just let us know. Uh, Jesse Ramian, our final player. Yep. There's so much speculation about uh, Jesse Ramian, why he really left Newcastle. Not a... Is it a second-year syndrome? Because he's... Or is it the fact that he never gets the ball? To be honest, I don't think he's played that badly. He just never gets the ball. Um, there's rumours coming out about Nathan Brown as a coach. We won't go too far into those. Because it's not the Newcastle Knights fans podcast. I've actually had some good ones too. <coughs> but... Yeah, surrounding players leaving that club uh, and Coach Brown. So if that's if that's all it is, and if if he's still got a contract with Newcastle and they're willing to pay some of it next year, I'm ha- I'm happy to give him a crack because we do need outside back. Yeah, and uh, when we look at that, we we like to said we looked at the hookers, yeah, what hookers we have in stock, and we know Michael Lee's not going to be. Then we looked at the props with him, the CC, yeah, or Herman SASA. They're really light outside backs. We We've got a lot, but not a lot of top grade experience. experience. So when we looked at, at those positions. Yeah. Um, if we look at next year's centre options or yeah. wingers as well as wingers and centres, we're going to add them yeah. in there. So we got Okubar, Holland, Smith, Crichton, Crichton, Hopperwadi, Montoya, Meany, and Montoya. Yeah. Um, Lolly, if he's. No, I don't think he's done. I'm yeah. sure his contract expires if we sign him again on top grade <laughs> to, play, to play not even New South's Cup. Yeah. I mean, he'll be cheering. $100,000 to play park football, like literally park football. Yeah. Uh, we look at those players who are going to be here next year. I think Okamore's on, well, two years. Yeah. So, saying next year. Okamore looks like someone's going to be here long term. I think Okamore's a winger, though. So. So, yeah, no centre. Then look at some people. Remus Smith, we didn't mention. Remus Smith is a winger. Is a winger, yes. However, I think I mentioned it, but okay. Played a little bit of. Oh, did you say Smith? I think I said Smith. I always think of Chris Smith when I. <laughs> I always think Remus for some reason. That's right. I Remus. Yeah, Remus. Remus. Winger. I, I always like to. Th- when I hear Remus or yeah. when people say Remus without his S, <laughs> which I just did just recently, yeah. but it's Remus Smith. I always like him by his first name. I think it's a unique first name. Yeah, I know we're going off topic a little bit, but... Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he's a winger and centre. Hopawadi plays centre. Holland plays centre. You'd think Hopawadi would be approaching his final year of the Wolves. Yeah. Especially because he's probably one of those players on the back end of the deal. Yes, another person we didn't mention. Yeah, yeah so you'd probably think Hopawadi's gone to the end of his career. So, and then you think of the likes of Morgan Harper. Yeah. He was the Canterbury Cup captain. He's yeah. been quite impressive, in, especially in last year's grand final win. He was Pick actually the one who won us the game. Look at all those. There's no real like explosive player out of those ones. So, so you Jesse Raymond is an explosive player when you give him the ball. No, next question is if we sign Jesse Raymond, yeah. say we sign for next year, for two yeah. years or whatever, I want you to not fast forward not to 
2020, but to 2021. Yeah. Who's our backs? Can you go from one to five? 2021. So what I, I like a big. So what I like to see then 2021. With back. no Trevor We've resigned. We've resigned Dallin Watelli's Lesnar. Yeah, but we he's missed our, the He's our long-term fullback. Yeah, uh, till the end of his career, till the next six, seven years. Well, I reckon he's got ten. He's twenty-three. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> um, well, twenty-four. Yeah, you'd probably have everything going well. Remus Smith on one wing. Yeah. Jaden yeah. Ockenbaugh on the other. Yeah. Assuming that both continue to uh, improve. Every week, mm-hmm. uh, so by that time they'll be hard and first grade players, plus big bodies, quick players on the wings. Yeah, you probably have in the centres. With the dog side, Jesse Rabian, he'll be there. Hopewadi will probably retire, or onto a different, or, or, or maybe move on to another club. Maybe he'll help probably establish the West Coast Pirates, or maybe the Super League. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and our other centre would be. Um, you know, I'm going to go a little controversial and say Holland will still be there. Holland? Oh. Yes. Wow. I don't reckon he's as bad as some people think. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. That would be pretty good, though. I mean, we'll keep this recording. He's our goal kicker. We'll keep this recording for a few years. <laughs> until we get to it, when we do our season three. Well, although, at the, start of, at the start of, this is predicting a year and a half into the future. At the start of this year, I tried to predict the top eight, and I was well wrong, so... Oh yeah, so we're not. So, I don't season. know. Oh, 20, 20, 21, our fullback could be Aiden Tolman. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> if that happens and he becomes like the explosive fullback, <laughs> is it a missed opportunity? Did Craig Bellamy stuff his career on? I don't know. Uh, no, you know what I mean. Crazy things happen to rugby league. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. You don't uh, know. And Dylan Harper could be on the wing with him. I could have Tommy Turbo. Oh yeah, I just said Mitchell hy- might come across. I said hypothetically we didn't. If, if the two if Mitchell comes point. across, he's a fullback to me. Um, anyway, yeah, I thought it was just a fun way to yeah. cut the show. So, we know Trevojevich brothers. So, well, I tell you, he's a fullback, Smith and Ockenborough on the wigs, centers Holland and Rabian. Okay. What do you um, think about I'll that? Go, I like your one, two, and five. Yeah. I've almost gone potentially, actually, almost Remus, maybe Remus shifting to the center. I think yeah. he's got a future in the center. However, I reckon at this stage he'll still be on the wing. Yep. I reckon you've got Morgan Harper starting. Over yeah. Holland. I reckon they're going to keep Har- Harper as a much younger player. Harper and Rabian. Yeah, in the centres. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's the only difference. Uh, All right, guys. He's also as a goal kicking. Because you said goal kicking. Morgan Harper can goal kick. Not, probably not as good. But hope you enjoyed a funny, uh, just a yeah, nice, light way to finish off the show. That's all we've got time for this week. Um, tweet us, Instagram message us. Send us an audio message on uh, Edgar profile page because we love that. Oh. Always got love an audio message. Yeah, we want another one. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Was it Tr- Tronosaurus? Send one in, mate. Yeah, come on. Ted Baxter. We want to hear your voice on the show. Yeah, Anyone Ted. else? We've spoken about you, Ted. We've given your Laurie. tweet on. <laughs> we put your tweet on. George as well. George, we took your tweet. It's time to go from Twitter, Greg, to get us to give us our, 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 the voice audio, the voice messages on Anchor. That's it. So messages. Anyway, you can. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this one. Sorry for being late. Bye.